everyone has a race to run. A race far beyond some human competition. Far beyond winning a medal. This is the race long marked out before us. The race of our lives. Will you run with a purpose? Will you finish strong? Will you run for your life? Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody doing well? Doing well? All right. Everybody's doing good. Good. And, uh, and uh, we're starting a brand new series this weekend. I hope you'll be with us for the next several weeks. We're going to walk through Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to get right in there in just a minute. And we're going to be walking through just that chapter uh, of Hebrews and just kind of unpacking that. And so um, part of this is in um, pastoral, how do you say this? There are seasons. And so you, as a pastor of a local church, you kind of want to keep a pulse on, God, what are you saying to us as a group collectively? What are you saying to us individually? And that's really what's kind of cool to me about the working of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit as a person can take something for all of us and make it perfectly fit for where you are. And, uh, and so I think that one of the things I want to do with this series and that I sense is just kind of one of those things for you to kind of stop and kind of check pulse on where you are and how you're doing. I also think this is one of the great chapters of the Bible. The Bible's got a lot of great chapters, but this is one of my favorites because of what it talks about, about running this race. And, and here's the problem with life. Life as, as, as a race, using this is what, what the, the writer of Hebrews is going to use, this metaphor for life. It's, this, it's a race. And so um, as you're running this race in life, the difficult part is not the high points. It's not really even the valleys. It's all the ups and the downs. It's on my way up and on my way down. It's the daily grind of what I have to do, the daily grind of what I need to achieve, the daily doing of what I have to do to get where I want to go to where God has called me. That, that's what's difficult. What's not difficult is right now. What's difficult is just this week I got to go do this and this and this. I got to run this errand and this errand and this thing and this thing. And then all of a sudden you're driving, you got some windshield time and, and maybe there's some country song on the station. If you're in my truck, that's how it works. And so it just kind of, you kind of, it makes you think and, and reminisce and, and, and contemplate. And, and then you start having these kind of circuses that go on in your mind. And if you think you're the only one, you're not. And for those of you that, that don't have a circus in your mind, you're in denial. I'm just telling you. Because they're just these crazy, it's because we're dealing with us. See, the, 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 the problem, the, the good news and the bad news is this, is that the issue is not out there. The issue is not someone else. So if you're in a bad marriage today, it's not about the other person. If you're a teenager, it's not about your mom and dad. Or if you're a parent, it's not about your kids. Amen. Uh, it, it, it's, um, it's, it, the, it's not your boss. It's not, it's, it's you. Uh, it's, that's the good news and the bad news. The good news about that is you have the ability to control that. And God helps us. And that's what this series is going to help us walk out. The, the, the bad news is, is that it's you. And you know you. And so sometimes it's hard to forgive you. And sometimes it's hard to get around you. And sometimes you just want to quit. This isn't in the message, but I think one of the most spiritually mature things we can do is don't quit. Galatians 6 
9 and 10. Don't quit. Don't become weary in doing good. Keep running the race. Keep in the race. Keep, if you fall down, get back up. If, if, you, if, 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 you, if your shoe's untied and you got to stop for a minute, tie your shoe. Go, you got to take a pit stop, take a pit stop, get back in the race. You, you, you need to take a break, take a break, get back in the race. You need to slow down, slow down. You, you need to speed up, speed up, whatever, but, but, but just don't quit. And so as we walk this out of these next three weeks, I think this is going to be highly applicational to you and I living the life that we are called to live in Christ and that God calls us to live. Unfortunately, I think many times we live so far below what God has for us in every aspect of our life that <laughs> we read the Bible and we say we believe it, but the reality is, is that we don't really live that way. And I just want to walk out because there's so much power in this one chapter. So if, you're, if you don't read anything else in Scripture in the next three weeks, read Hebrews chapter 12. And if you're just here for the next three weeks, you're going to read an entire chapter. That's, that's also good too. So, so I, I, I want to talk about that. And, and, and I want to talk today about how do you finish strong? How do you, how, how do you, how do you not quit? How do you not give up? I'm, I'm serious. I, I'm telling you, everybody in this room deals with some type of sin. Everybody in this room deals with some type of issues. There's some circus that goes on in your mind, that goes in the, on in your heart, that goes on in your life. And, and I've been reading, I'm working on a series, a totally different kind of a tangential thought. I'm a bit ADD, so it's like, there's a bird, right? It's that kind of a deal. But I've been working on, I'm working on a series, so I'm reading several books right now on the subject matter of temptation. And over and over and over and over and over, we see that temptation is not a sin. To be tempted by something is not a sin. To, 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 to look at something and ponder and go, am I going to take the bait is not a sin. It's only when I decide and I act upon the decision. The point of action is the point that I've crossed the line. But up until that point, it's simply, it's not anything to do with me. It's to do the work of the enemy that's trying to come in and, 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 and take my eye off of the focus of what I'm called to do and, and to try to drive me and lead me away. I'm just saying to you, there are so many temptations that we deal with. There's so many things that we're dealing with. There's so much stuff that's going on in this world. I just want to focus in and tell you, first of all, you can run this race. You can run this race. Secondly, you can finish this race. Even with the circus going on in your head, you can finish this race. You, you can do this. And the key is just don't quit running. You may slow down. You may go to a walk. You may go to a crawl. Just don't stop. Just don't stop. Just don't stop. And if you feel like you're stopping, these next three weeks are going to be great for you. If you feel like, man, I'm in stride and things are good and I'm clipping along and I feel like I've got, I've got that runner's high, I'm on that, that endorphin, that, that dopamine uh, 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 drop, and just, it's just that dump that's just hitting my system, and all of a sudden, man, everything's running on all cylinders, great. This will just be fuel to your fire. If you're on the sidelines watching everybody else run the race and you're not running it, this is probably going to be pretty enticing for you to run the race because that's what he calls us to do. Hebrews chapter 12, three verses that today we're going to go through. Three verses. Starting in verse 1, if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen. If you do, open it up. I'm using the NIV here, the New International Version. It says this, Therefore, since we, talking about us as Christ followers, are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Verse 2. 
fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. Considered him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus in these next few moments, as we unpack just these three verses that have been divinely inspired and infallible, and they're your words to us, help us to receive. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts in such a way that we'll download it into our system to the very DNA and the genetic fiber in which you've put into us, that it would resonate with us in such a way that we would live this out and fulfill your purpose in our lives on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing I want you to see is that you learn from the past. If you're gonna run this race, the first thing you've gotta do is learn from the past. Look at verse one again. Therefore, since we, you and I, are surrounded right? Surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So here's what we know. There's a race. We all have a race. You have a race. I have a race. We all have a race. And we're running this race. We're running what God's called us to. And for every race that God's called you to, there's a grace that's extended and a given in the ability. Because God will never ask you to do something you don't have the ability to do. He will never put on you what you don't have the ability to handle. If he asks you to go to the far-flung place of the earth, he will be with you. If he asks you to stay in your hometown, he will be with you. If he asks you to do this or that, whatever your race is set before you, we all have this race. It's been marked out for us. Does that not bring a certain amount of like, it does for me. And I'm type A, man. I got to like, I want to know everything except on vacation. Vacation, I just need to know where we're eating. That's it. Everything else I'm fine with. Don't really care. Just tell me where we're going to eat. And my anxiety level goes way down. I take such peace knowing that God knows me and he's marked a race out for me. For me. He, he, it's what it says right there. And so all I've got to do, which is much easier said than done, is I've got to throw everything else off that would hold me back. I, I've got to push everything else aside that would, that would restrict me in any shape, any, any type of friction that's going to restrict me. I've got to cast it off. And there's sin that easily comes in my way. That's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes we think, well, man, like, you know, hey, pastor, like, I mean, come on, like at a certain level, like you just like almost impervious to sin. <laughs> that is a joke. I'm telling you that the, the day, James Dobson used to say this, the day that a man thinks he is incapable of failing, he is at the highest susceptibility and probability in his life in which to fail. We're all jacked up. You, me, all of us. It's like a head on a swivel. I got to have somebody at my six and somebody at the top. I got to be making sure that I am advancing and doing and running the race because there is sin that would easily snare me, easily tangle my feet up, easily trip me up, very easily. Not some big, you know, the devil's not going to show up at your house and like ring your doorbell and just show up in a pitchfork, right? And, and horns. You understand that? It's going to come in this most easy, tempting desirable, hot fudge, brownie kind of a way, right? I mean, it's just going to come in a way that's going to be appealing to you. 
But what am I called to do? Run the race. Run the race. Well, you said I need to learn from the past. Oh, yeah, that's right. He says the first statement there, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. There's a lot of people when they read that, is that uh, this is the heroes of faith. Because if you read Hebrews chapter 11, the preceding chapter, and again, the chapter break between 11 and 12 is just man-made. It's a way so that we can reference the Bible. It's, there's heroes of the faith. People like Abraham and Noah and Enoch. Enoch is one of those guys when I get to heaven, I want to have a conversation with. Because he was so perfect that God translated. He wasn't without sin, but he walked in a perfected way towards God in such a way that he was blameless that God actually took him to heaven and he didn't die of an earthly death. I mean, there's people like that. Joseph and Jacob, and they're, they're, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. And a lot of times when we think about that, we think of it almost like we're at a coliseum. Like if you go to Rome and there's the Colosseum and it's this huge, it's like a, just think of it like Lambeau Field. It's like all of these spectators and then there's the playing field and you're running the race and all these people are watching you and cheering you on. It's like all of heaven gets to peer in and see what's happening in your life. The real scholars would say the real rationale behind this phrase is not that, it's this. It's that the witnesses are not witnesses of us but instead they're witnesses to us. They're not witnessing you and I running the race, but yet they are witnesses for you and I to run the race. They are models. They are people that have ran it before us and they've ran it. And some of them ran it so great that they were translated to heaven and others ones of them crashed and burned and lost their cool and sinned against God and did all kinds of things. But yet God redeemed or God showed up graceful and God's will was done. And so we look to them as witnesses and I can look into the life of Abraham and I can look into the life of Jacob and I can look into the life of Noah and I can look into the life of Enoch and I can look into the life of David. I can look into the Old Testament. And for us, we can look into the New Testament and go, these are men who were flawed, just like you and I, who were jacked up, just like you and I, who sinned, just like we do, who made some major errors, just like us, yet God still worked through them and they ran the race set before them. Perfectly? No. But they ran the race. They ran the race. Moses, I love what it says when Moses died and his strength was not gone and his eyes were not weak. That's how I want to go. You want to know how I want to go? I want to go. I just want to collapse on this stage and just be done. Just, I just, just, I'm done. I, not now. I've got more restaurants to eat at. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, w- I want to go with, with strength and vitality and, and knowing that, that, that man, I'm advancing in what God's called me to do. Someone like, you know, Hebrews chapter 11 says Abraham was a man who was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. That's what I want to do. I want God to put such a huge dream, such a huge thing in my heart that with a reckless abandonment, not in perfection, but with a reckless abandonment, I keep my eyes on Jesus in such a way that I run the race. So I look to the life of Abraham. I go, how did Abraham do that? He never settled. He never settled. He never settled. Never I, can, I don't have time to unpack it. Literally, there's a town that talks that the name of the town is To Settle. And he stops there momentarily and God speaks to him and says, do not settle in this town as your father did. Move, go. I want you to, he said, I want you to walk outside your tent and I want you to see the stars of the sky and your descendants will be greater than them if you will not settle. 
Again, over and over and over. That's the reason why we have the Bible. It's this, it's this witness, not of us, not watching us run the race, but rather to us to say you can do it. You can endure. Woo, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. You, 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 you can do this. So we look and we learn from the past. Secondly, we look to Jesus. We look to Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. I know this is really simple, but I'm gonna talk about how to do that. Look at verse two. He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. That's important, we'll get to that. For the joy set before him, before Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now that phrase, fixing, which again, it's probably their southern rider, right? So, no, you don't get that? I'll be here all week, folks. So, if it was southern, it would just have an F-I-X-I-N apostrophe. So, fixing our eyes on Jesus. To fix your eyes, that Greek word is a verb, which means to look away from everything else and focus. Push everything else aside and focus. On who? Jesus. Again, I know we know the Bible, but do we live it? Do I put everything else aside and I focus on him? Well, man, I got to work. I understand that, but the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do is unto the Lord. Therefore, your work can be worship unto God if you will but give it to him. Therefore, you're fixing your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I, I got lunches to fix and I got kids to get to school. Right. The Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. Proverbs says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. That's a good time for guys to say amen. Let me say that again. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. Yes, and the men of the church said amen. This is a good thing. So these are not contrary, but rather when I focus on my family, I can give them unto the Lord and in preparing those meals and in, and, in, and, in, and in going to work and providing for my family and, and, and helping to take them from here and there and doing all the things that we do. We do this as unto the Lord. We're not keeping our eyes off of Jesus. We're keeping our eyes on Jesus if we'll just keep understanding and putting it in proper perspective. You see, it's, it's to focus on him because he's the pace setter. He's the one in front of us that he's running. He's given us the pace that we need to run at. Don't run faster. Don't try to show off. Don't try to go back. Just, just go. It's kind of like, look, I know I'm a big guy, but, but when I go to the gym, I've done this enough that I know, like, I know my speed. I know my clip. I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. And it's really funny to watch people, especially like in January, February, and March, come into a health club. Oh, dear God, it's so funny. Because they've got all this new gear on. That's the first thing. And, and then they're doing their thing, and they're, they're just going at it like an elliptical machine. Like, buddy, you're going to break the arm off from just doing this. And it's just, or the, or the treadmill. And I mean, and the next thing you turn and you're looking, they're gone. You know? Uh, or they're just, they're pumping in there, whatever it may be, the weight, it's just, they, because they, they, they've, they've outpaced themselves. They, they, they can't keep up. They, they, and, and, and the race that we're called to is not a race of speed. It's not a race of, 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 of beating one another. It's, it's a race to finish. The object is to finish. Don't worry about the pace. 
Just keep your eyes on Jesus. So let him be the pace setter. Don't try to get ahead of him. Don't try to get behind him. Just, just I mean, don't, don't got to get too far behind where you can't see him. Just keep a clip with him. He is the one. He's the one. That's the reason why we say, hey, man, spend time in the word of God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in that because it gives you that pace. Why? Because he's the pioneer of our faith and the perfecter of it. Pioneer. He's the one that paid the price. And he's also the one that perfected it because he who knew no sin became sin for you and I so that you and I could run this race and become the righteousness of God. Does that mean push pause here? Because what happens at the end of the race? At the end of the race, we're dead and we stand before God. And what's the reward for him to say, Aaron, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in. Great is your reward. Jesus' role in that he pioneers the race, and he leads us to perfection so that we can stand in the presence of the Almighty God, hear him, hear him call us by name. That voice that spoke this world into existence. What a day that will be when I see him face to face. No one has ever seen God face to face because the glory so Great, but the Bible says that you and I will be able to, when we finish this race, stand in his presence, fully perfected. There's not a whole lot you can do about this, but there's some work that needs to be here, amen? That's a joke, thank you. And fully perfected and standing in his presence and hearing him say, well done. You've ran the race, you finished the race, you fought the fight. You completed the course. Now laid up for you is a righteous inheritance. Not just for you, but for all, all of us who run this race. See, Philippians, let me give you this verse. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, Jesus, will carry it to its completion until that day of Christ Jesus, until that finish line. Again, it's not about your speed. It's not about someone else. It's about running the race. How do we do that? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Practically, for me, it starts in the morning. I, get in, I do my soap. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. I use soap, too, to take a bath. But I go through that journal, and I just kind of just try to get the Word in me and, the, and, and me and the Word. Why? Because John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. So Jesus is the Word, and the Word is Jesus. And so I start my day that way. And then I have a conversation with God that typically tends to kind of go off and on throughout the whole day. I don't have... I know this may really sound bad to you. I don't have time to pray for three hours every day. Some of you go, well, isn't that what you do? No. <laughs> Come into my world. I, there's no way. I just don't. And so, but I began that morning time and I began to pray. And sometimes it's, 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 it's not a long amount of time. And other times I have a protracted amount of time. Sometimes I, I woke up, <laughs> I don't want to sound super spiritual, but it was like in the middle of this week and I had some stuff that were happening at the church that's really on my mind. And I woke, I haven't done this in a long time, but I woke up and it was on my mind. And I was just, I was kind of awake and I was asleep and I was just praying for it. And I began to pray in the Holy Spirit, just pray in tongues. And, and I went back to sleep and the next morning it was on my heart. So I got to my, my study and, my, and I began to write down all some things that got to put in my heart. And, and just, 
Again, just, just, just keeping. It's what Paul says to pray without ceasing. It's beginning the conversation and just keeping it. It's like texting throughout the course of the day. It's like having a conversation here or there. I don't have to be in a three-hour intensive with you to have a conversation with you. It's just constantly back and forth and back and forth. And then there's times where I just kind of go, I need to get alone for a little bit. And maybe it's windshield time. Maybe I just kind of go to a place. Maybe I take a break and I take a walk and I just pray. And what's great about Bluetooth and wireless headphones is nobody thinks you're crazy anymore by when you're just walking by yourself and talking. They think you're talking to someone. So don't think anything about it. I don't really do it in a coffee shop, but I mean, if I'm kind of just walking down the road, right? And so it's just that type of video. It's just, it's keeping that, why? Just keeping Christ in me and keeping, keeping that focus because I know me, I want to finish this race. And having that confidence that he's began that work in me, he's going to be able to complete it. Verse three, live like it matters. Live like it matters. I think sometimes we don't. We just kind of trade days for dollars and just kind of just let life happen. And we, we just kind of mark time. Look, look at verse three. Consider him, he says, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose your heart. Consider, that word consider in the original language means to stop and to think and to process. It means it's, 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 like, it's like taking time to slowly chew something and savor it and, get, and extract all of the nutrients out of it before you fully digest it. And then giving it time to digest. To consider is not just a thought. It's not just a moment. It's to, it's to savor something. It's to sit. It's to push everything else out and just get into a place where you consider. Consider what? Consider Christ. Consider him. Consider what God did for you and for me in order for us to be able to run this race. Well, God hadn't done anything for me lately. Are you breathing? Have you looked in the mirror lately? Amen. I mean, you, 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 you know, look at, the Bible says that our bodies are, 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 are made by the Lord and, and we're fearfully and we're wonderfully made. It's amazing. I mean, are you, are you able to speak? Are you able to talk? Are you able to think? Are you able to work? Are you able, look, look at the favor that God's given you and look, look at the provision on your life. Look at how that's happened in your life. It's interesting to me, for those of us that don't really go through a whole lot, we just kind of take it for granted. But you have someone who's gone through it where they've lost a loved one to cancer or they've, or, or they've, they've been in a situation where, where, where that was a diagnosis. I mean, it's, it's the lead article that, that you see on the cover of the Activate magazine and, and Joe's story. And if you get around Joe, you'll find someone who is living like it matters. Why? Because he knows how fragile it is. And so many times we just kind of go and it's just this and it's that and it's this. No, God gave you a life. He gave you a brain. He gave you favor. He gave you intellect. He gave you an emotional and, 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 and a physical. He gave you all types of attributes. Why? So that you could show forth his glory to this world. And so my point is simply this, is sometimes we just kind of go, no, it doesn't really matter. No, look what God's done for you. Consider that and be encouraged and not discouraged, knowing that you're following in the footsteps of Jesus, the greatest one to ever run this race, having been tempted and tried in every way that you and I are yet without sin. Paul will write in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 17. Now, if we children 
then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if we indeed share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. If I live this life unto Christ, whatever that means, as Paul would say, to live as Christ and to die as gain, then what happens? I'm sharing not only in his sufferings, but also in the glory, meaning this, in the inheritance, in the eternal reward, that I'm in right relationship with the Lord and that he's in right relationship with me. And that I know that, 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 that when this world is over, that heaven is my home. And not just for me, but for all who long to see his, his return and his appearing, the Bible says. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. So I live like this life matters. I've been saying this the last couple of weeks, but, but I'm going to continue just to kind of throughout the course of this year. Some of you, God has called you into vocational ministry. He's asking you to walk away from maybe a lucrative career or from a lot of opportunity. And, and he is calling you to vocational ministry. He's leading you to be a missionary. He's leading you to be a youth pastor. He's leading you to be a kids pastor. He's leading you to be a senior pastor, a church planner. You got this life. You, 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 you've got the capacity to do this. Live like it matters. You, you only have this one life. And, and, and I'm not, and here's, here's the good news. You're not in competition with me and I'm not in competition with you. And, and we're, we're running our own race. We're running our own individual race. But I want to run like it matters. See, it's, I mean, like, it's like this. I've said this before. But if we did church the way I would want to do church, we'd have one service a week. And it'd be at 10 o'clock. And it would, it would start with a brunch. There'd be an, an omelet chef there, amen? Come on, shut me down, I'm preaching good. And, and then we'd have church, and then we would end with a buffet every week. The problem with that is, is we, we could only be as big as we could get people in the room. And it costs a lot of money to build buildings. So what do we gotta do? We've gotta leverage the resources that God's given us because God's not really concerned about my diet in that regard or my want in that regard or my need to just want to have a church potluck. But rather, he's, he's concerned not just about those of us that are found, but those of us that are lost. So we do multiple services on a weekend. I think there's somewhere close to, like there's 10 different options for a service at Life Church campus on a given weekend. And it's growing. Why? <laughs> because I want to live like it matters. See, I, I can rest, I can sleep when I die, but, but, but I wanna live like it matters today. But, but, but and, oh, I'm gonna go here in a minute. And, 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 and I, I, can, I can talk to all of the people who under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible and I can have the most in-depth Bible studies and the most in-depth conversations and all of my theological quandaries. I, I, I can begin to pontificate and exegete and have all that in the sweet by and by. But here and now, the only thing that we will not be able to do when we get to heaven is someone who begins to sing the song of the redeemed. Someone who's lost, but through the amazing grace of Jesus is found. 
So you know what I'm, I'm focused on? Not on you, but on every empty seat in this room. You know what I'm focused on? Not just on this campus, but every campus that we have. You know what I'm focused on? Not just this county, but that county and that county and that county. You know what? Not just this county, but this state. Not just this state, this, not this nation. Not just this nation, this world. Amen? I'm just saying, and I'm just one person. So I can't do it all. You can't do it all, but together. We can live like it matters. So whether you work in the financial district downtown or whether you're a stay-at-home parent or whether you're a school teacher or you're an engineer or you work a third shift at a factory, it doesn't matter. Whatever your hand finds to do, do is unto the Lord, but run the race set before you. Why? Learn from the past. Keep your eyes on Jesus and live today like it matters. Just a couple questions. We're gonna, we're gonna land the plane. When we talk about the past, what do you need to learn to lead into your future? Maybe that's the thing that's keeping you from running the race. What do you need to learn to lead into your future? Who in the Bible, when you hear them, do you resonate with? Again, I go back to this. Read the word enough that you get the narrative, that you get the storyline, that you get it, that you get the characters. Not in a fictitious way, but that you get it so that you understand it, so that you're able to go, who do you resonate from? Because again, they're there. Those life stories are there because we resonate. Some of you may resonate with Jonah. Some of you may resonate with Esther. Some of you may resonate with, with Enoch. Some of you may resonate with, 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 with Benaniah, who was, a, who was one of David's bodyguards. Some of you may, may resonate with David. Some of you may resonate with Daniel. For me, I resonate with Joseph. Joseph's life was always a process that he had to trust the Lord for, for and had to continue just to stay on the potter's wheel. For me, that's what I have to do. So I go back to that life story and back to his story from, from, from the pit to the palace to the prison, ultimately to where God had for him to be. He had to stay in the, in the zone. He had to stay in the race. He had to continue to run the race. Who do you need to learn from? What do you need to learn in order to lead into the life that God has for you? When we talk about keeping our eyes upon Jesus, are you following Jesus? Are you keeping pace with Jesus? Maybe you're not a Christ follower. It's real simple. Just ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and come into your life and be your Lord and be your Savior. That simple. In just a minute, when we give you kind of a time to reflect and the band's gonna come back and just sing a song before we get ready to be dismissed. Maybe it's in that time that you just say, God, I'm a sinner. Jesus, come into my heart and take my sin away. I wanna keep my eyes upon you. I wanna focus my eyes upon you. Maybe there's sin that's in your own life and you're just not, your eyes are on money. Your eyes are on your business. Your eyes are on somebody else, something else, somewhere else. God, forgive me for getting my eyes off of you. Forgive me for putting my focus off of you. Forgive me for not truly seeing you in everything that I do. And your purpose. Are you living life on purpose or on accident? Are you living life like it matters? Or like you're gonna have a hundred more days just like this? A hundred more years just like this? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us. We don't know if we will see the sunrise tomorrow or not. All we have is this moment here and now. What are you doing with it? 
Everybody in this room is going to end up somewhere, but very few people will end up somewhere on purpose. Are you living life like it matters? That's what this is talking about. That's how you run the race. That's how you finish strong. Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you today, Lord, that it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I thank you, Lord, that we can hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. And I pray, Jesus, help us to to let us, Lord, to learn from the great cloud of witnesses that are around us that your word is full of. Help us to learn. God, help us today to focus and to fix our eyes upon you, Jesus, and to really hone in on who you are in our lives. And help us to run this race today with purpose, like it matters. And if we don't know our purpose. Let us let that become the pursuit and the goal of of our purpose of our life is to figure out, God, what is it that you have? Where is it that you want us to be? What do you want us to do? God, palms up. We'll go where you want us to go. We'll do what you want us to do. We'll say what you want us to say. And our flawed, failed humanity, God, we are yours and you are ours and we give ourselves to you. I pray, Lord, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.